0: the very first commandment of God. Well, here's a hint, and it doesn't include the words, Thou shalt not, and it's not found in the Ten Commandments. I'm Martin Moyer, your host of Shout Out Patriots. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Jason Binder of the Patriot Church. Together, we're going to tackle God's first commandment to mankind, subdue the earth. Or is it a command? Let's shout out Patriots, and let's go do some combustion. Hello, everybody. All right. I'm Martin Moyer. I'm the president of Christian Action Network. Today I'm joined by Pastor Jason Binder of the Patriot Church. Say hello to everybody, Pastor. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Marty. Okay. You're quite welcome to be here. Also joining me is Michael Moyer. He is the guy that's going to be handling the technical part of the program, flipping cameras on, mics on and off. But uh, we expect to hear from him, too. During this podcast, So uh, Michael, say hello to everybody. I'm Mike, and uh, I'm going to try keeping this button hidden straight while we're on air. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you're doing it because uh, uh, who knows how many mistakes would get made if I was pushing all the Yeah, I, I definitely center. don't want that job. That's <laughs> <laughs> very complicated over there. I wish people could actually see that uh, tremendous amount of uh, equipment that you're trying to manhandle. So I'm going to start. And I'm going to start with what I believe is the first commandment God gave to mankind. Pastor, I'm going to read it to you. It's from Genesis 1:28. It says, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, if we look at the Hebrew word subdue, Strong's Concordance tells us that it means to tread down, conquer, subjugate, dominate, and bring into submission. And this commandment was given to all mankind, not just to Christians. But I'm looking around me and I'm not seeing many Christians who are currently subduing the earth. But what I am seeing is that a lot of non-believers are very busy and active subduing not only the earth, but just about everything that we do and that we say and who we are. So uh, I don't see Christians subduing the entertainment industry, uh, the media, uh, the public schools. They're not subduing universities. They're not subduing government offices and perhaps Most frightening of all is they're not subduing the courts, which eventually have the ultimate authority over whether we exist as free people or we exist in a jail somewhere. So in my opinion, if we're not the ones that are doing the subduing, then we're going to be the ones that are going to be subdued. And I think it's rather embarrassing to the Christian community as a whole that non-believers are doing a better job at obeying the first commandment of god to subdue the earth than we are doing as christians now president dwight eisenhower he wrote this in 1955 without god there could be no american government no way of american life and if we turn on the tv turn on a radio open a newspaper If we walk down the streets of any major city, we're going to be asking ourselves, where is this American government Eisenhower was talking about? Where is this American way of life Eisenhower was talking about? And pastor, I'm going to put the question on you. Where is the church in all this? Now, last Sunday during your sermon, you said a dead church has no power. So explain that and let everybody understand. What did you mean by that? Sure, I'd be happy to. So in that sermon I was speaking
1: about, in Revelation 3, it talks about the church in Sardis. And Jesus Christ, he has this message to this church who was in Sardis, which was in Asia Minor. And basically he says, he says, look church, I know your works, you have a name, you have a name that you're alive, but you're really dead. So basically Jesus tells this church that it's dead. This church was spiritually dead. It had a lot of unbelievers in that church. Some of the pastors, the elders, they could have been not saved people. This church was a church that was spiritually dead. So my point in making that statement essentially was to say that any church that is spiritually dead, any church that doesn't have the Holy Spirit, because a church needs to have God's presence to be alive. So I was saying, look, Without the spirit of God, without God's power, a church is dead. And that I think that aligns with what you're saying here today is that many churches are dead. Therefore, they're not looking to subdue and to rule and to conquer in the earth that we live in.
0: Yeah, I got an email uh, earlier this week uh, from Andrew Torba, who many know as the CEO of Gab, which is a alternate uh, Twitter, YouTube platform out there and it's become very big among conservatives to use. And I'm going to read you a statement that he wrote in that email. If we are going to build a parallel Christian society, we need Christian creators making Christian content. Now, when I read that, I had several, I guess, thoughts that either agreed and didn't agree with him because I'm not sure what he exactly means by a Christian parallel society. If what he means is that, well, there's going to be Hollywood, and then there's going to be the Christian film industry. Uh, There's going to be the mainstream media, but there's going to be a Christian media. Um, There's going to be uh, public schools that are in the hands of a lot of uh, bad actors and people who have succumbed to atheism and uh, humanism, and we're going to create our own Christian schools. I understand that's probably what he's saying when he refers to a parallel Christian community. And I'm not sure I totally agree that we should be doing that, but I'm going to throw it out there. But here's the thing. There is no way we're going to create a parallel Christian government to the government we now have. So you can't really ultimately achieve a parallel Christian community in the United States when you have people like Biden and his henchmen out there that are trying to dictate what we say, where we possibly live, uh, what jobs we hold, uh, right right down to even what shot we put into our arm. Uh, I don't think you can totally create a Christian parallel society. Do you?
1: No, and I don't think that that's our mission here. I don't think that that's our goal as Christians. When, when you read that quote by uh, the president of, of GAB, um, you know, I thought the same thing. I don't, I don't want to create a, a parallel universe. You know, God created us to be here in this world. If we're Americans, we're, we're created as American citizens. Ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven if we're believers. Therefore, we're to infiltrate the culture. Right, so so it's not to a lot of churches. Right, what they do is they create this safe space, this Christian bubble, where let's have our restaurant there, let's bring our kids here at the playground, and then it goes on and on, and we never integrate and interact with the world, and we're supposed to be in the world but not of it. Right, so me, a part of big part of my calling as a, a person of God, as a man of God, is an evangelist so if i'm to now create my own parallel universe how can i evangelize to a world that's lost that doesn't know who god is so we need to infiltrate the culture around us we need to come alongside of people but let them know who god is if we're so busy creating our own entertainment never getting involved in hollywood and trust me I would hate to be an actor right now because that's a difficult thing, right? We want to, it's a fine line and you have to be very mature to be a Christian in Hollywood because it's so easy to yoke with unbelievers. It's so easy to get drawn back and and fall away from the faith. But Hollywood needs some Christian actors in there. You know, it needs some people in there to tell them who God is.
0: Yeah, and I think if we uh, uh, delved into that issue alone, probably... Uh, You and I would agree on some things and disagree on how to do that tactic of infiltrating Hollywood. I do know that uh, when you said infiltration and the gay and lesbian community has done a great job of infiltrating everything, but Hollywood very much so. And they didn't come in saying, hey, I'm a gay and lesbian actor that eventually is gonna take over your industry. They came in, some of them pretending to be straight. They'll admit they pretended to be straight. So they could then get into the high enough positions where all they do now is hire gay and lesbian directors, uh, uh, screenwriters, uh, photographers, uh, crewmen around the uh, uh, studio film. Uh, The same thing is done in the public schools. Another uh, group of people who are very good at this, and it's pretty much called Stealth Jihad, is by uh, radical Muslims. They're great also at infiltrating uh, uh, various roles in government and in services that uh, we have to depend on. And they didn't come in with a jihadist mentality. But that doesn't mean at the end of the day that these jihadists that did. Now, I'm referring to jihadists here, not just any, any Muslim. But the jihadist is going to just remain uh, a, a, a fake, uh, I, I don't want to say a fake Muslim, but a fake jihadist. Eventually, that uh, is going to rear its ugly head. So for Christians to start infiltrating, I'm not sure uh, how we exactly do that. And again, that probably would be a heated discussion because I would have my ideas about how to do that. You would have yours, and mine would be a lot more controversial, I assure you, than what a pastor would be. Um but uh you know I, I agree with you that we can't have a Christian parallel society though. I, I do think that we should be the one taking over these industries. And that's controversial, right? To say that uh oh now what Christian nationalism, right? That uh, we're gonna start taking over everything and now we're gonna start dictating to people how they live and and whatnot. Which is exactly what they're doing to us by the way. Um but uh, what I do think, though, is just that we need a Christian presence, and we need Christian thought, and we need Christian morals, and uh, we need Christian direction, and many of the, the government buildings that rule over our lives. But I would also think, and it's necessary, that we infiltrate all those social media and other uh, bully pul- pulpit platforms that the non-believer uses to dictate to us what we think and what they put in front of our face.
1: Yeah, exactly, Marty. And look, it goes deeper. I always like to go to the core of things. That scripture that you referenced from Genesis 128, when you talked about subduing the earth, at that point, that was before the fall. So things were were perfect at the time. If you look at Genesis 9-1, in that scripture there, the word subdue is taking out. So you basically see, be fruitful, multiply, subdue is taken out, and then it, it goes on to basically recite what Genesis one twenty eight says. So why I bring that up is because after the fall, now we're living in a fallen, broken world. So for us as Christians, now to subdue is difficult, right? It's easier for the worldly people, the unregenerate to subdue a fallen, broken world. Why? Because they will be accepted by that world. For us as Christians, a lot of believers who are afraid to get canceled, like we talked about last week, they are unafraid to touch that space. So they say, Hollywood, my job, whatever industry we talk about, it doesn't matter. But I want to stay away from that. Why? Because that's not a safe space for me. I'm going to get criticized, I'm going to get canceled, I'm going to get fired, the list goes on. And now the subduing for the Christian, it takes on a whole different meaning. It takes on, now i got to be a warrior for Christ, now i got to have on the full armor of God, and if I've never been equipped to do that, I don't want to be in that space. That's the mentality, I believe, for a lot of Christians in today's day and age.
0: Uh, I agree with you. One of the problems I see is that uh, this isn't something that they're actually learning in the church. It may be something that they're going to hear on a podcast like ours, or they may, you know, hear it on a radio program. They may pick up a, a book somewhere. I'm not even sure that's possible anymore, uh, that will teach them how to uh, be Christians with a civic duty to their country. But they're certainly not hearing it in the church anymore, and pastors are scared to get their people involved. You know, I, I did a, some quick research here, and uh, I'm just going to throw out these numbers. All right, so there's 350,000 churches or congregations in the United States. Now, how many of those are alive and how many are dead, that, that's debatable. But still, 350,000 churches, churches and a lot of churches. Now, compare that to, uh, we're going to go through what Wikipedia tells us. Now, how true that is, I don't know. But uh, Wikipedia tells us that there's 41 active LGBT groups just 41. There are 40 Black Lives Matter global network chapters around the world, not just the United States, but around the world. There's 35 pro-abortion groups. All right, so compare that to 350,000 churches, even if half of those churches are dead, and more than half are dead, that's still a lot of churches that could be helping Christians understand their civic duty to recapture Uh, the earth that they live in, recapture the entertainment world, the media world in particular, right? The schools, what about the schools, the courts, uh, government agencies? But that's not happening. And so what the non-believer does, because look, they're so small, right? Well, we got, you know, 45 actor chapters, you know, how many people are we going to preach to there? They recruit these other uh, industries such as the media and the schools to become they're bully pulpit for them. They're the ones getting into the brains of your kids and then even into your family members and possibly even into you, right? So that is where they are coming from. That is what we need to look at when we say, what do we wanna subdue? We gotta subdue the message. Who's putting out the message? Well, you got churches putting out the message, but it stays somehow confined right into the walls of those church and never makes its way out. That's got to change. What do you say?
1: It certainly has to change. And that's why me and my family, we started the church a little over a year ago because we wanted to make a change here. And let's let's give churches some credit. I mean, I can't say that every church is a bad church. Every church is not doing their part. Every church is a dead church. There's some good churches out there. But at the same time, we're not, like you said before, Marty, we're not training and equipping the people to infiltrate these spaces and in my church that's exactly what i'm looking to do so topics like this that we talk about on this podcast i'm going to be preaching topics like this in the pulpit i'm not going to shy away from any topic a big thing that we've seen we've seen prayer out of school in the 60s the bible out of school in the 60s right we've seen all these things transpire we've seen the church take on a 501c3 status so many churches and pastors and board of directors elders they say i i I can't get involved in politics. I can't touch this topic. I can't talk about that. And it's all these things that Satan has brought in to put that muzzle, if you will, on those in the church. But we we do have to do a better job. We do.
0: Yeah, speaking of muzzles, right? So I want to go back. Uh, I I picked up a book uh, uh, probably a couple years ago, and it's called The Chaplains and Clergy of the Revolution. And this book was written in 1861, so a long time ago, right? And the reason why it was written was to show Americans at that time the role the clergy played during the American Revolution and how important it was for those pastors uh, having trained their congregation into what liberty means, what your rights mean, what it is to be an American. And uh, so he goes through a list of uh, uh, just example after example of how these pastors helped train their congregants to basically subdue their rights and their liberties and protect themselves from uh, what they viewed was a tyrannical country called England, right? So uh, here's an example, Uh, each year, there was an election sermon, a very popular election sermon given at the Massachusetts House of Representatives. And it wasn't just attended by people from Massachusetts. It was the big kind of like, uh, what would you say, the big uh, rival meeting, the big big thing that people you know, get in their uh, carts and they go to to hear right. what this election sermon was going to be about this year. And I want to read to you how he described what typically – took place in their sermons. So here it goes. They dealt in no high sounding phrases of liberty and equality. They went to the very foundations of society, showed what the natural rights of man were and how those rights became modified when men gathered into communities. How all laws and regulations were designed to be for the good of the governed. That the object of concentrated power was to protect, not invade personal liberty. And when it failed to do this here comes the kicker okay. when they failed to do this and they were um, oppressed instead of protected assailed instead of defending rights resistance became lawful no obligatory obligatory i guess is how i supposed to say that word so this is what uh you know people were being taught back then you know that they, they were being taught about their rights their liberties and what it truly really means to be an american and how to shed yourselves from tyranny. And I'm looking around now, and I'm seeing tyranny. Are you seeing tyranny? Oh, I'm seeing a lot.
1: It's everywhere, it's everywhere. Yeah,
0: right, because, you know, how did this tyranny originally start? You know, uh, basically, it started with the idea they would take your guns away. That was the first thing they wanted to start taking away from you. And then they just went from that to the next, to the next, to the next, where now they want to take away, you know, uh, your favorite TV show or your favorite music that you listened to some years ago. Uh, They want to take away uh, just about every essence of you that defines your liberty. And we're encroaching into a tyrannical government. And back in the day, the preacher said, we will not stand for that. And we will defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. Yeah, and we need
1: to do that today. And one of the definitions that you gave for subduing is to bring into submission. And these tyrants are doing a fantastic job of bringing us into submission, unfortunately. But I love those those pastors and preachers, those clergymen, back at the time that you mentioned, because that's around the same time as the black robe Regiment, right? And these guys were pastors. They would have their clerical robes on, and then they would take that off after they preached the sermon and they would have their military garb underneath. And they would be ready to lead their people into war. Whoever would follow them, they would help train them. Exactly.
0: They would have, uh, you know, uh, times at church where they, uh, taught people how to handle a weapon, how to shoot that weapon, how to defend yourself. How to act as a militia? Pastors were doing this. Can you imagine a pastor doing that nowadays?
1: Well, you know what? Figuratively, I, that's that's what I want to do. I'm not, you know, I'm not great with guns myself, but we have partnerships with some of the, the local militias. So, you know, we know that we have people who have our back and support us. But figuratively, in a sense, I want to do that to prepare our people for spiritual war. And that's a big problem: is that many churches don't prepare their congregants for spiritual war and if that's not taking place in the church then that's why we see this bringing into submission why because they can't defend themselves in the spiritual realm let's not even talk about the physical many of us can't even defend ourselves in the physical if if things were to transpire there but we need to understand the strategies of the enemy and as i'm listening to you today marty you're you're listing, you know, without us really saying, this is a strategy of the enemy. All these infiltration spaces of all these industries—that's the enemy's playground.
0: That is. I, I want to read one more uh, quote from a uh, former minister that was very famous back in the day, Reverend Samuel West of Dartmouth, and what he gave during that election sermon in 1776. Right. So that was a very important year for yeah, all we like of that us. Year. Right. So. This is coming from a pastor's mouth. I I want you to think when you hear this, some pastor in your church right now standing up and saying these exact words. It is an indispensable duty, my brethren, which we owe to God and owe to our country to rouse up and bestir ourselves and be animated with a noble zeal for the sacred cause of liberty, to defend our lives and fortunes to the shedding of, of the last drop of blood. The love of our country, the tender affection that we have for our wives and children, and the regard that we ought to have for unborn posterity, yet everything that is dear and sacred do now loudly call upon us to use our best endeavors to save our country. And here is his kicker. We must turn our plowshares into swords and our pruning hooks into spears and learn the art of self-defense against our enemies. I I just wonder what would happen if a pastor said that in the church
1: nowadays. Yeah, you know what? Those words are getting me excited. I I like that, but yeah, you're not going to hear that from many pulpits.
0: No, and I think you know this book is now what 150 years old, written back uh, you know in 1861. Um, so, and he wrote it, and and when you read the preface of the book, even the, he says the reason why he wrote it then. It's because the message of what pastors, of how they contributed to the revolution was being lost. It was being forgotten. And he took it on his own to start gathering up the sermons of the day. And he would go into the archives of churches where, I guess, back in the day, pastors would write their sermons down and they would just stay there and rummage through these sermons and see what were they telling their parishioners during that time. And he wanted to be able to put this in a book so it's never forgotten. And it was, right, it's been forgotten. Now I'm talking about it 150 years after he wrote it. So I'm trying to give some life back to it (laughs) because I think it's time for pastors to start having the courage again. You know, If the pastors out there do not explain how the liberties that you have aren't gifted to you from your government. They didn't come from our founding fathers. They came from Christ himself. Amen. And when God gives you something, you do not let the world rip it out of you and take it away. Totally agree. And and that's something that I've been
1: saying the last couple of weeks, weeks, I've been saying that it doesn't matter how much freedom they try to take away from us. And I, I can only speak this for myself, Marty. I can't speak this for all of our listeners, but I know for me, because I'm a child of God, I've been made in His image. The founding documents you talk about, there's freedom and liberty there, right? Those are inalienable rights. No one, no man, no industry, no government, nothing can take that away from us. So that's the call that we need to have and that's the message that I'm trying to put out every time I'm I'm in front of a microphone because I know that that freedom belongs to me. Like you said, it's been given to us and granted to us by God Himself. And when is the time going to come when we just claim that freedom? When we hold on to it and we say, it doesn't matter if you force a needle in my arm, you take away a job, you force something over my mouth, it doesn't matter. I have freedom in Christ, ultimately.
0: Yeah, so I want to conclude with this scripture. It's from Galatians 5.1. And uh, it's Apostle Paul, Galatians, correct? Correct. All right. Here's what he says. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So he is actually instructing parishioners out there that Christ gave you that liberty and you are to stand fast with it and you are not to allow others to enslave you again and take that liberty away from you. And I want people to understand, liberty is not something that you know sits on a corner of our desk that we come and visit and we play with. And it's not uh, uh, possible to go out there and see that someone's taken that little gift away and that liberty away. It is something that others are going to try to snatch from you through your entire life. They want to steal your liberty, and we can't let them do that. And um, I I think that. Uh, it's time that we finally stood up united patriots out there united and not let the unbelieving or those who hate us hate what we stand for start taking away the rights that god gave us and that belongs to us and most importantly to god amen
1: marty and you know let's just go back and, and look at that verse for a second what paul's talking about he's saying the liberty that you have now that you've been freed from your sins, now you have freedom and walk in it. Don't continue walking in your sins, and your trespasses, in your, your old person, in the old man. So now if you look at that, that's the greatest thing that you can be freed from. So if you're a Christian and you're listening now, you should say to yourself, wow, I've been freed from the most significant, most Uh, monumental thing possible in this world it was my own sin and depravity so now whatever comes my way that tries to strip freedom from me is going to be minuscule compared to that so now every christian should be walking in that freedom in christ knowing what we've been freed from and now we should be untouchable you want to try to take away my freedom in this area in that area my rights my family no I've already been freed from my sin. What can you do now? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the mentality that we have to have as God's people.
0: Well, when, uh, uh, public school boards try to take away your freedom of how you raise your child, uh, and the FBI comes out and says, "Well, oh, if you get upset about it and start throwing out some angry words, we might throw you in jail or at least investigate what your intention is. Uh, that's them trying to take away your liberty your liberty and your freedom by God who gave those children to you to train up the children as God sees fit. So there's lots of ways that uh, our liberties can be taken away. And we got to be on guard at all times, at all times, and stay attuned to what's going on out there too, for too long. And I, I've been in this movement for 40 years, and I could see it coming. Anybody that's doing this day in and day out could see what was coming and what we're facing right now uh but for the most part people weren't that interested in it they were more interested in oh let's say prosperity teaching uh right. it, look and even in the case that some were more interested in am i leading the perfect christian life but what about your civic life your duty to your country you know god wants you out there you're the salt and the light of the earth you're not just supposed to be sitting home nice and pretty and all dressed up for christ to return that's not what why God called you to his kingdom. He called you to his kingdom to be the salt and the light of the earth. So you have a Christian duty to your nation to go out there and make sure that God's morals are the ones that are being talked about and upheld in this country. And when you bring up the term salt of the earth, what does the
1: salt do? The salt preserves, right? So when we think about the salt preserving, you need something to preserve. This world has just been made dirty and nasty and perverse. So now the Christian needs to come in and try to preserve what we have left. And at this very hour, at this last hour that we're in, we need to try to preserve as much as we can. And if we create that Christian parallel universe, we're never going to preserve it. And we're just going to give it over to Satan and the left, and the Democrats, and they're going to get their way. And the liberal church is going to get more pronounced here and more prevalent. They're going to subdue the earth when the real Christian remnant needs to take over and say, now is our time to subdue, to bring this earth into submission. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus says, let me just finish sure. with this, Marty. Jesus said this in the Lord's Prayer. He said, let, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I take that seriously. I look at that and I say, that doesn't that's that's not a clause, an opt-out clause for me to say, I'm just gonna live in my Christian safe space. No, I wanna see God, my father's will on this earth be done as it is in heaven.
0: Yeah, because once the uh, leftists out there, the atheists, the humanists, well, they pretty much conquered the major media platforms and government platforms I was referring to earlier they're gonna focus on the church and they're gonna infiltrate that and take it over. And we're seeing it happening just about in every major denomination. So it's not an option for us just to ignore the problem. Uh, You know, it's pretty sad because not only have we given over uh, almost all of the institutions to the non-believing, we're now in jeopardy of giving over the very sacred temple that God put on earth for us. And that is uh, the body of believers. And we cannot, you know, at some point we just got to stand up and put a foot down and say, you know, there's some threshold here. You will not cross. And now that we put a foot down there, now we're going to start taking back the things we have lost. Pastor Jason, final word. Yeah. Well, this, this
1: has been a great talk. I think Marty, and it's something that every Christian needs to look at. Every Christian needs to open up their Bible today or whenever they listen to this podcast and look at Genesis one twenty eight and say, wow, that there's a, a, a a dictate from God right there's a commissioning there's a blessing there and he says look people all mankind this is what you are to do you are to be fruitful multiply subdue the earth you're, you're to rule and that's what we need to do and if we allow the other side right all, all the the Democrats on the other side if we let them rule then how are we following what God's telling us to do early on in the very first chapter of the Bible? And that's been what's happening is we're saying we don't want to get involved in the school board, board of supervisors. No, the church doesn't want to get involved. City council, town council. No, why why should I step up to the plate? So now we've done so much damage. Now we have, as we talked about last week, we have little girls getting raped in the school. I, I can't even say those words. It's, it's, pitiful it's disgusting but we've allowed this on our watch so now you have very good people stepping up and saying look i i work a full-time job i have a family i got all these things going on but you know what i can't allow this why because now's the time where i need to subdue and we all need to figure out how do i subdue in the area that god has given me to because we all have this space that God has given us. My space looks different from yours, our viewers' space. They have, we all have some sort of space that we can subdue. So it's, just, it's a call to action
0: at this point. How can we subdue in our space? All right, Patriots, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe to Shout Out Patriots and share it with your friends and your family members. You know we're depending on people like you to help increase our listenership. So please do whatever you can to help. If you have a comment or want to add anything about your opinion to this show, then email us at shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. That's shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. And thanks for tuning in.